Well, let's just go to the debate. You may not know this, but most of statistics that are uh, <laughs> that are given to us by politicians, most statistics are lies. And they're so brazen nowadays, they don't even care if you have any critical thought whatsoever. They, they don't care if you even know that they're lying. They just lie in plain sight. Like, here's one. We really do need to ban TikTok once and for all. And let me tell you why. For every 30 minutes that someone watches TikTok, Every day, they become 17% more anti-Semitic, more pro-Hamas based on doing that. We now know that 50% of adults 18 to 25 think that Hamas was warranted in what they did with Israel. Okay, 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 okay. For every 30 minutes that you listen to TikTok, you become 17% more anti-Semitic. This sounds really serious, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm not laughing. <laughs> no, no, stop. No, stop. This is a serious statistic. For every 30 minutes that you watch TikTok, you become 17% more anti-Semitic. Don't ask the obvious question of like, how do you measure that? How is anti-Semitism measured in a percentage basis? What is 100%? Wait, so you're telling me that after like two and a half hours of TikTok, you're basically 95% anti-Semitic? After four hours of TikTok, are you like, are, are you are you in the Hitler Youth Brigade? After 10 hours of TikTok, are you a member of Hamas? <laughs> after 20 hours of TikTok, you, be, you, you transform and you become Dr. E. Michael Jones. <laughs> in only 20 hours, that's pretty good. That's a complete transformation. Or is this 17%? Is this compound? Is it 17% and then it's 17% of that? I, I, I don't know how anybody takes any of this seriously. I'll tell you what, though. It is probably true, and this is very scientific. For every 30 seconds of Nikki Haley that I listen to, I become 25% more anti-woman. It's true. Uh, I've, I've, I've measured my... I've self-tested on this one. I have objective standards on, on what it means to become anti-woman. I, I become more of a sexist every single time I have to listen to Nikki Haley's voice. And so for that reason alone, she should drop out of the race. I mean, <laughs> don't you think? <laughs> um, what, like, what, like, what even is that? What even is that? And she and and then she she releases uh, a video afterwards and and uh, a fundraising email claiming that she won the debate. You know, for every email that I get from uh, Nikki Haley claiming that she won the debate, I become thirty seven percent more angry. <laughs> at <laughs> um, she's she's really all in on this in whole the stuff. Of anti-Semitism. If you don't th- hold on, let me go back. Hold on. Because she's still talking about anti-Semitism. I think I. she didn't wear a suit jacket and an Israel lapel pin. She doesn't need to. She is, by, she is the Mossad agent standing on the stage there. Uh, and they put her in the center, too. Biden made a mistake not including anti-Zionism in the definition of anti-Semitism. If you don't think that Israel has a right to exist, that is anti-Semitic. We will change the definition so that every government, every school has to acknowledge the definition for what it is. Okay, 
Now, this is the most uh, this is the most uh, egregious thing uh, of all the things, right? Of all the things that are out there, this is the thing that I need you to know right now. And by the way, this isn't just like some hypothetical thing that she's talking about here. This is a resolution that's currently making its way through the United States Congress. So she's only she's merely parroting the United States Congress when she now says that the definition of anti-Semitism will be expanded to include anti-Zionism. Anti-Zionism. Because, comma, she says, Israel has a right to exist and everybody will believe that. And if you don't believe that, you will be labeled an anti-Semite. Now, first of all, she doesn't... I am. <laughs> nor would I expect her to, these vapid, clueless politicians. She couldn't even name. She was the United States Secretary or Ambassador to the United Nations. Okay, the, the United Nations Ambassador for the United States of America. That's a cabinet-level position. You require the United States Senate to confirm you for that position. This woman represented the United States of America... In the United Nations, this is imminent. This is one of the this is one of the more foreign policy ish roles in government that one could have. I mean, I think the only one that would be more foreign policy ish would be the Secretary of State. Okay, so she's working with State Department. She is our ambassador. She represents the United States on the world stage inside the United Nations. And she could not name to you last night the specific areas in Ukraine that we are tr- that we are fighting for. She's all about Ukraine. We've got to get boys over there. We've got to get guns over there. We may have to spill American blood. But for what? Well, I, that's unfair. That's a sexist question, actually. Why would you give me, give me a gotcha question? Vivek Ramaswamy went on a tirade with her and pointed out that not only she, but Chris Krispy Kreme Donut couldn't name the geographies in Ukraine that we are uh, that we are supposedly fighting for. And I think she even gave the wrong answer, actually. I think she even said Crimea, and then we're like, <laughs> and then Vivek was like, no, that's the wrong answer. It's not Crimea. Uh, so uh, on the on the Zionism thing, I don't think anybody has done this topic better justice than Brother Andre Marie. He's got a couple YouTube videos out. It's called Christian Zionism. I think it's on the Census Fidelia YouTube channel. It's a, it's a two part series. Certainly worth your watching. I am not going to do this topic the justice that it deserves. But what I will say is that Brother Andre Marie's analysis is spot on with respect to this this merging of Zionism with anti-Semitism. In other words, compelling people to believe false theology that there needs to be a political nation of Israel and that that nation should have a prime minister and some elected representatives and physical borders and that that nation should include areas that are currently called Palestine. 
and that uh, that the nation needs to exist in order for the temple to be rebuilt. And the temple needs to be rebuilt in order for the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the most blessed Trinity. And unless all of those things happen, then our Lord Jesus Christ, the blessed person, the second person of the blessed Trinity, he cannot come. And so the second coming of our Lord can't come until we do all of those things. And therefore, we can't have the, uh, the, the, the final judgment and the general judgment, and we can't have the end of the world and, you know, kind of tie a bow on all of creation history. So all of created history, all of creation history, all of salvation history is, in this worldview, dependent upon the Zionist Jewish worldview. Now, the Zionist Jewish worldview is that they need to build a temple, a Jewish temple, so that they can continue what is otherwise a dead religion. Right now, they are incapable of offering a pleasing sacrifice to God. They think it's because it's a lack of a temple. In reality, it's because their religion is dead. It is a dead religion. The religion died. The Jewish religion died at Calvary. The, the temple was rent into and never again was a sacrifice there pleasing to God. And just to, to put a finer point on it, our Lord had prophesied in the 25th chapter of Matthew that the stars would fall from the heavens in this generation and that this Ganea, this generation would not pass away till all these things pass away. Well, guess what? 40 years later in 79 AD, the temple was, poor, was, was destroyed brick by brick. Every single piece of it gone. But for the intervening 40 years, the sacrifices offered in the temple were not efficacious. And everybody knew this. They were like, uh, this thing's not working anymore, this magic trick of ours. Something's wrong. Well, what's wrong is that the Jewish religion died. And then our Lord, in his permissive will, allowed the temple to be destroyed as a physical sign of the death of the Jewish religion. So rebuilding the temple from the Jews' point of view is, is, uh, to, is very important to them so that they can get those sacrifices going again. But they're not going to work. It will not be pleasing to God. For a Christian to become a Zionist is really a curious thing. And this is all a derivative of, uh, you know, a, a mistranslated the Schofield Bible. It kind of invented all of this nonsense. Not even 200 years ago. And here now we have these radical ideas that, we, that there are two ways to heaven. There's the way that our Lord said, which is, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one can go to the Father except through me. And then there's like the little asterisks, except the Jews. The Jews can go straight to him too. The Jews are good to go. We like the Jew. In fact, uh, in fact, it's even preferable to, to 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 do the Jew thing. Why does anybody think that the Abrahamic Temple happening in our times, when alleged Pope Francis stands there and says, "Well, the three Abrahamic religions." They're all pretty good. Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. 
doesn't really matter to me which one of the three you choose. They're all worshiping the same God, right? They're all trying to do the same thing, right? And maybe there's some truth in all three of them. And maybe if we just blend them together, maybe the Freemasons were right after all. Maybe we just need one religion for mankind. And uh, if we could just get that religion going and blend it together, you know, you know what I'm saying? Why couldn't we just do that? Why do we have to be so, so mean and rigid? Why would we say things like outside of this church, there is no salvation outside of the Catholic church. There is no salvation. Oh yeah. Well, outside of the Muslim religion, there is no salvation. Oh yeah. Well, outside of the Jewish religion, there is no salvation. That's just so mean and, and exclusionary. Why would you try to set yourselves apart like that? So now, uh, if you don't believe in Zionism, not only is the United States Congress making a resolution about it, like right now, like as of yesterday, I saw this last night that this is working its way through Congress. And it'll pass the United States Congress. I mean, it's just a resolution. I don't know if that, if it, if that makes it actionable by criminal law or anything. I don't know if you can officially be designated an anti-Semite now for opposing the rebuilding of the temple. Maybe you can. Maybe you can't. I'm not sure. But this is such a this is such a glorious trap. Because imagine being in Congress and voting against this. You voted against making Zionism anti-Semitic. You, in other words, you voted on the record to be an anti-Semite. This is the perfect way to bully people into voting for this thing. I bet it passes unanimously or near unanimously. Who wants to vote against the Jews in the wake of October 7th? Today's the two-month anniversary. It's, it's uh, uh, 12-7-2023. Just two months ago, those poor, poor, hapless Jews, they were just doing nothing. They were minding their own business, okay? The business of global pornography, global food production, global entertainment, global finance. They were just minding their businesses, I should say. Not <laughs> when they were attacked savagely and unexpectedly by the genius, the absolute genius underground network of ghouls who somehow managed to attack them. Uh, evading and eluding the most sophisticated intelligence network uh, in the history of the world. These guys are literal genius. The, the guys who, who are dying from a lack of water who cut open their own water pipes and turn them into Rockets. These are these are Mensa members here. These are the brain donors. I, in fact, hopefully some of these men can be studied by science for years to come. These genius scholars in in Gaza somehow evaded the, the watchful eye of uh, of Sauron. <laughs> 
That's what we're told. And, uh, and it totally makes sense, right? You're not allowed to ask questions about it. because, Well, because you might be an anti-Semite. And what is the worst label in the world to be? What is the worst label? Is, what's worse? It, being a, being a, a homophobe? Is that worse? Being a racist? Being a sexist? Chauvinist? Being a, I, but you can be, you can be what I am. I am a Latin supremacist. Proudly so, I am a Latin supremacist. Is that is that a is that a hate crime? Hate label? No, but for sure, we. I think we would all agree. The most damning label to uh, to be to be called is an anti semite in the world today. You don't want to be an anti-Semite. You just don't. You really don't want to be called that. And why? Well, you just don't want to be called anti-Semitic. It, it is the thing that you don't want to be. There are entire groups out there designed to bully you into submission. Even Elon Musk is doing his apology tour, and he's like, well, look, I'm not anti-Semitic. I love the Jews. I'm sorry that there's anti-Semitic stuff on Twitter. I'm going to try to do something about it. 